this is the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark corners of the internet. My name is William Key and I'm your host for this. Ahead on our show, we're going to be discussing the latest news covering video games, film, and television. So let's get right to it. The first story we're going to be talking about today uh, comes to us from Green Rant, and it delves into the fact that the the next uh, Fast and Furious installment could be split into two parts, according to the main actor, Vin Diesel. Now, number 10 is set to be the final installment in the long-running Fast saga, but according to the franchise's star and producer, Vin Diesel, Fast and Furious 10 could take the Harry Potter route and be split up into two movies. The reason for this was because they had started planning for Fast 10 before they started filming Fast 9, and they felt that as for the fans, uh, should Fast 10 and Parts 1 and 2 be the conclusion, it would be nice for this world to continue for generations to come. That was a quote from Vin Diesel uh, on Total Film. I've seen this work in Harry Potter. I think this was the first time that it actually... I had seen a part one, part two thing, and I think a lot of movies have tried to capitalize on that. I believe the Hunger Games uh, final one did this, as well as the Twilight Saga. Whether those two latter movies were successful in terms of putting films out as a part one or part two remains to be seen. I felt Harry Potter did a very good job of it. Now, I'm, I'm very curious. I'm not a fan of the Fast and Furious saga. I haven't kept up with it. But it'll be interesting to see how they go about doing it. Anyways, on to our next story. So last year, I believe in the fall of 2019, company Sony had acquired Insomniac Games. They were the developers behind Marvel's Spider-Man and the Ratchet and Clank series, as well as Spyro and many more. Now, thanks to Sony's latest financial report, we know how much Sony had purchased Insomniac for. It, in the amount of $229 million. And according to the report, uh, this is uh, released in an article by Polygon.com, so you go ahead and check it out over there. Sony paid for Insomniac with, with cash. It's possible that the purchase amount could fluctuate by before March 31st, because uh, that's when the fiscal year ends. And now just to get an actual direct quote from the CEO of Insomniac, Ted Price, he said around the acquisition last year, he commented on the deal. Joining the WWS, otherwise known as Worldwide Studios family, gives Insomniac even greater opportunities to achieve our studio vision of making positive and lasting impressions on people's lives. We've enjoyed a special relationship with PlayStation practically since our inception. Our partnership amplifies our potential, and Marvel's Spider-Man was a testament to this. We're excited to take the next step in our growth alongside our longtime WWS partners. Most of all, we look forward to delivering fresh new experiences to our fans. Insomniac's next project is currently unknown, but it's speculated that it could be the sequel to Spider-Man. But there's still hope that they're finally going to make a sequel to a proper sequel to Ratchet and Clank, the one that was uh, rebooted in 2016. I'd be happy with either or. I played the original Ratchet and Clank back on the PlayStation 2, but I would also really like to see what they do with Spider-Man because I felt like they left us on a very strong cliffhanger. Spider-Man was one of my favorite games of, of the year. I believe that 2018 is when it come out, came out, that's right. It was probably the best Spider-Man game I had played since Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2, and that's saying a lot. So we will see how this goes. It's possible that uh, the studio could make an appearance at the PlayStation 5 reveal event later this year. Moving on to our next story. 
Any fans of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate out there? Well, recently, the director, Masahiro Sakurai, used his column in the Japanese gaming publication Famitsu Magazine to speak about his feelings regarding the number of Fire Emblem characters that have been showing up in, on the Nintendo Switch game. According to Masahiro Sakurai, and regarding the recent decision to include Byleth, one of the protagonists from Fire Emblem Three Houses, if I believe, he said, This time around, we brought the experience of immediately playing as the protagonist of a game that people currently play, with Fire Emblem Three Houses being you know, the most recent game in the uh, franchise. At the starting point of its production, we experimented by working with a title that was in development. Uh, he, Sakura had also said that he feels there are too many Fire Emblem characters and too many sword users, so it's not just restricted to Fire Emblem characters, which is good to note but said that there were decisions that are already made and that the things I should be thinking about are elsewhere. Now, it is important to be said that there are six new challengers that are on the horizon for Smash Bros. Ultimate, so fan speculation shouldn't be stopping anytime soon. And people who are really hoping for characters like Master Chief from Halo, Rayman, or Sora from Kingdom Hearts, which those are my top three choices right now, we just have to wait and see, because uh, there's a 1 in 6 chance that one of those characters could be the one that you're hoping is going to be in the game. And finally, I've got a fun story here, something that showed up on IGN the other day. Now, you obviously know who the singer Billie Eilish is. If you don't, you should. You probably don't listen to mainstream radio. But do you know who her mom is? And more importantly, did you know that she's been in a number of video games? Now. Quoting directly from IGN, a tweet came to light uh, from Guild Wars 2 composer McLean Deemer that went viral and mentioned that Billie Eilish's mom, whose real name is Maggie Baird, plays a character named Samara in Mass Effect 2 and 3. Uh, if you don't know who Samara is, and I don't because I actually never played the Mass Effect games, Samara is a blue-skinned Asari Justicar who you can have as a squad mate and also romance so long as you veer on the paragon side of mortality or morality sorry so that means that if you were a romantically involved with Samara you've probably romanced Billie Eilish's mom in Mass Effect Eilish's mom is also an actor for film and television so she's shown up in the likes of the X-Files, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Bones and Aragon and more recently she wrote, co-produced, and made the soundtrack for the 2013 film Life Inside Out. And she's also been a voice actor for a number of other games, including the hybrid tank FPS game Battlezone 2 Combat Commander, and she's uh, Aniska, is that the character's name, in Vampire the Masquerade Redemption, Amni Riza in Rogue Squadron, and been a voice in EverQuest 2. So those are all the stories that I had today. Uh, and I'm going to be moving on now to our interview section, which for episode one, because this is a bit of a tester episode, and I'm sorry, uh, for this one, the audio might not sound the greatest because right now I don't have any wind socks on my mics. I just want to get a little behind the scenes there. But I'm actually going to be doing a sort of uh, introspective piece at this point, and it's kind of off script, so a lot of it's going to be kind of coming to me as I go. It could be long, it could be short. But typically in this section for the podcast, which will come after news, I would like to throw to, say, an interview that I would have with a guest, or maybe it'll be a live chat, depending on how the, the show is formatted. If I have a guest on that can speak primarily to video games or movies, I may have them on during the news section, and we may just talk back and, and go over the stories that we're discussing. But uh, most of the time, I'd like to try to get different guests on. And I'd, I'm going to talk a bit about podcasting later on in this discussion as I'm going over sort of my history with 
YouTube and with podcasting and making videos and why I'm starting a new podcast today. A little bit about myself, I am 28 years old. I am born and raised in Canada, Ontario, Canada. My early days of YouTube, I started YouTube in 2006. My first video that I had produced and put on the platform was actually an AMV, which is like a, a bit of a music video that uh, basically I took a song, a Nine Inch Nails song, put it over some video game footage, put it out on the web. This is way before the likes of uh, influencers and, and big names on the platform. While mind you, there were some like Smosh that were just starting to get started. But it was a little easier to find videos back in the day. So my video, as well as a series I, I continued to produce after called Kingdom Hearts The LOL Parodies, which was basically taking funny audio clips and dubbing them over uh, Kingdom Hearts cutscenes uh, of characters talking. Those, that video and the Kingdom Hearts series ended up, ended up taking up most of the views that I would get. Uh, and in fact, they would go on to be the highest viewed videos I'd have on the early Will173 channel that I produced. You can probably still find them on Will173. I've been kind of hesitant to take the channel down because then I figured, well, you know, it's kind of an archive to my, my history on YouTube. And while a lot of the videos today I actually find kind of cringy, and I, <laughs> I used to be going back and watching a lot of those videos back in the day, I find myself kind of cringing at the thought of watching them or even sharing them with anybody. And it's just a testament to how much I've matured on the platform over the years. So when I was starting out on Well 173, I was still in high school, so I hadn't considered YouTube as sort of a job or a way to kind of embrace my creativity uh, because I was primarily doing a lot of writing, uh, but I was using it to just sort of do fun YouTube videos to share with friends. But it did, my videos did rake in like 2,000 views a video early days which I thought was a lot. I was just, it, it was the early days of the internet for me. I didn't hop onto MSN until I was in high school. So I, the idea of being able to connect to people through video was still fairly new. And the, the concept of having a video get over 2000 views, in my mind meant that it could be 2000 unique viewers, 2000 people watching it, which I, you know, could have just been the same person watching videos a hundred times. So I didn't have the exact numbers, but the number on the page, made it seem almost like I had 2,000 people watching it. And I'd have, I'd be noticing as I'd be releasing episodes that there'd be recurring people coming back and saying, oh, we want more, we want more, this last video was funny. And so I started to get a bit of a following there. But by the time I got to episode nine, which was my uh, final video back in the day, I had run out of audio clips to use and decided I was gonna end the series there uh, to much of the internet's disappointment. So I actually disappeared from YouTube for about a year and a half and I kind of made a comeback closer to uh, when I graduated high school. Well, to be correct, I took a, another year back in high school and was getting ready to go into college. And this is when I decided to make my, my big comeback. I rebranded the channel as Well173 Productions. And uh, with the help of my brother occasionally, uh, we went ahead and started making videos under Well173 Productions. Had a new intro for the channel and we did vlogs, we did let's plays, we did reviews we we did everything that we we could do everything that we enjoyed watching we tried to do and if we weren't very good at it we would stop doing it and work on other things that we were more passionate about so i worked on will 173 productions branded for close to two years i think it was about middle uh, early 2012 summer 2010 to early 2012 when i was working on will 173 so that was about two years and then i 
was entering into my final year of uh, college and I was taking a journalism program in Toronto and I was getting back into writing for news and I was listening to a lot of four-player podcasts at the time and the guys I was really really getting my wrapping my head around podcasting because I, I had done sort of sit down chatting in front of the camera type videos with my friends but nothing in, ter in terms of an organized podcasting format and now <laughs> I'm sorry I had to keep going back my friends and I had re were recording rock band videos in our final year of high school under the moniker of Stardust Drive as a band. We were like a plastic rock band and we were recording videos for, for us to go and watch back and, and laugh at and it was just a collection, something we could add to the vault, something we could look back on and, and cherish memories of, of each other hanging out and shit like that. But that's where I, I got the idea of of Stardust Drive Productions and this is just moving ahead now from Will 173 to Stardust Drive. In February of 2012, so this month actually, uh, February 15th is when I officially launched the Stardust Drive podcast uh, with my brother Carter, one of my best friends Anthony, and another friend of ours Chris. And the four of us would go on to be the regular hosts of the Stardust Drive podcast. So the four of us grew up together, we were, we were best friends. Uh, we talked about video games, um, movies, comics, television shows. That was the gist of the Stardust Drive podcast. Eventually, we would open it up a couple episodes later to introduce uh, more guests like Emily, or another friend of ours, David, uh, another good friend of mine, Adam, and so on and so forth. So the podcast ended up having a rotating cast of characters on it, and it wasn't always the same four. And we recorded 28 episodes before I eventually stopped recording the podcast in 2016. But that's kind of skipping ahead to the end of the podcast era. So the podcast actually went on for four years. It doesn't sound like a lot in that four years to only record 28 episodes. As you see, more professional podcasts out there are doing episodes either once a week, once a month, maybe twice, twice a month, that sort of thing. We didn't really have a consistent schedule. The first year we did because we we had a plan recording a podcast every once a month that was easy enough to do with our schedules we were still working part-time we were in school full-time we still all lived relatively close to each other so it wasn't too hard for the four of us to get together and record a podcast all i had to do was come up with the script i wrote it out i i had the equipment to record it and we went ahead and we were just recording episodes for anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours long just talking and that was our way of getting together and sharing our love for all things video games but as stardust drive productions uh, on the video side and also the blog side because at the beginning it was for the first year it was a strong blog i had brought on a lot of classmates to help me uh, write articles for it friends were writing opinion pieces, blog posts, I was writing news and curating the site, editing all, every post that came in. And it was marketed as sort of a news site because I was following very closely the model of four player podcast, who at the time, they were uh, based heavily on news and opinion pieces as well. And they had a podcast that they would release every week. I wanted to be like those guys. I wanted to, I would listen to the podcast and I can imagine myself sitting in the chair with them. If you don't know who Four Player Podcast is, I will post a link in the description of the podcast episode. Those guys have been around for more than a decade, and they are the utmost professionals when it comes to gaming. In fact, I think that they've they at times show their age. I mean, they've been on the platform for a long time. They 
are the ones that I go to for games. They're, they're, they're the smartest guys that I know when it comes to games, when it comes to indie games, when it comes to all video games. So shout out to them and thank you for gracing me with entertainment for 10 years and being an inspiration to get into podcasting. Getting back to Stardust Drive, while the news part of the website was starting to dwindle down, I was starting to beef up more video production as I noticed in my own sort of creative uh, creative inspirations, I was transitioning away from journalism and into film and television, which I, I had switched programs uh, after I finished college the first time. Went back for a year of film and television and I started producing more live action shorts and more reviews and, and doing a bunch of different creative series. And this includes stuff like Comic Soup, which I would co-host with my other old friend David, Cooking with Will, Unexpected Pleasures, and The Year of Goosebumps, as were popular series on the channel. And there are a lot of videos that I would say I'm happy and proud to have produced. Year of Goosebumps, the la the, that was one of the last series that I did, and it was meant to be an episode a month leading up to the release of the um, rebooted Goosebumps movie, but I only ended up doing two episodes. But those two episodes ended up amassing a tremendous amount of views, more than I had seen on even my earliest Kingdom Hearts videos. And I'm, I'm super proud of how they turned out because it reminded me of, of sort of nostalgic critic John Trani sort of reviews, like early reviews, and that's what I was trying to riff on. And I, I felt like I did a pretty good job and Carter helped me a lot with the production of those those videos. If you haven't checked them out, I will post a link to the Stardust Drive channel in this description as well as Well 173 if you are interested in any past videos I've done. Near the end of Stardust Drive's life cycle, somewhere in 2015, 2016, I had moved out um, of my house, moved in with my girlfriend, now wife, and we were living together, paying rent while I was working in Toronto. So the podcast started to suffer a little bit on that front. I wasn't made putting out as many episodes. In fact, I think in two years, I maybe put out like three or four. But in 2016, after we re released episode 28, I had always intended to keep it going. In fact, I had originally thought there was going to be an episode 29. And I think I had a script for it back in the day. By November, when nothing had really come out, I had taken it upon myself to put the channel on hold. And I released a video basically announcing that Stardust Drive was going on hiatus and it ended up becoming an indefinite hiatus. I thought it was going to be only temporary, but by the time the new year rolled around after I released that last video on the channel that was sort of detailing my 10 years on YouTube, I realized I was just, I was too tired. The thing that I had kind of grown to love and put so much hard work into wasn't bringing me the same amount of joy as to those early days when I was still in college, uh, still in high school and had all the time in the world and had all my friends around to be able to help and to to join in it was challenging because and i don't i don't regret ever moving away from home i don't i don't want anybody to 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 think that my move is what caused my sort of creative juices to suffer i think that around that time 2016 20 and even the following year 2017 we were just i was just going through a lot of stuff mentally and emotionally i it was sort of my time that I, I was starting to figure out how to really grow up a bit because I felt like I was really stagnant at home and I had been focused entirely on school, uh, entirely on getting my career in check, that I hadn't really experienced much of life. And when I met my wife, Sam, 
I was introduced to all these new experiences, made this whole new group of friends, took on, took on and, and, and challenged myself in a number of different ways that I couldn't even begin to go through in this video alone. In fact, if I ever do have Sam on the podcast, we can, we can discuss that. Or maybe you'll learn more about me as episodes go on if you're interested, because I'll be maybe bouncing some of these thoughts off of, of friends and other guests that I will look to have on this show. But I just felt like I needed to focus more on myself and my growth and, and my relationship with my wife. Because then I realized that the only time that I was actually seeing my friends was to record an episode of the podcast and I felt like I wanted to separate the work I was doing on YouTube and with the podcast from my friend group because I felt like I was using that as an excuse to hang out with my friends. And I realized that the line had started to blur and I, I didn't really know. I wanted to, to relearn how to just get together with friends without it having to be something that needed to be recorded for the channel. And while that was a difficult decision to make at the time, I felt like I was able to benefit in the long run and some much needed time away from recording podcasts just made me long for it even more. Year after year, up until 2020, this the year 2020 now, I've been thinking about getting back into maybe rebooting the Stardust Drive podcast or maybe some, starting something anew. My writing juices have sort of dwindled a bit as well because I was focusing so much on adulting and getting caught up in my adult endeavors that I, I kind of put that to the wayside. But I'm hoping that with a new decade, a new year, that I can uh, allow myself to sort of fall in love with the craft again. And I figured the easiest route to take would be to start with podcasting, which was the one thing that I felt like it combined my love of writing, but it also combined my, my experiences I took from journalism. Being able to speak and, and having the microphone, and I, I've quoted this to friends several times and people in the program, but something about be, being behind a microphone, hearing myself talk, that, that sounds a little narcissistic when I put it that way, but even, even when I was interviewing people, I felt like there was a power to having a microphone to somebody. Like I had all the control and it was something that I, I didn't really feel like I had growing up was being in control of my own destiny. And I feel like with the podcast, I, and this is something that I know is mine and something that I can control and, and something I know I can be super proud of. And so I'm, that's why I'm hoping that the, that this podcast will be successful. And for anybody who's listening, and is, has been listening this whole time. I'm, I'm super grateful to all of you for sticking it out and uh, listening to, to me ramble on about my life and the successes and the challenges as well as, I hope you would all, you all join me as I start to experiment a little more with this podcast as I look to release this on most uh, streaming platforms. I think I'm starting with Apple, like, like iTunes and maybe I'll figure out how to get it onto Spotify or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. But for the time being, I think I'm going to bring this podcast to a close. Uh, if you have any questions, um, well, I'm going to go over to the socials now. Thank you for tuning in. You can actually head over and read my blog. The address is w, the letter w, k-e-e -E dot wordpress dot com. So it's not an official domain, 
looking to possibly purchase a, a domain for it, but for now, this is where I tend to write. Um, so hopefully as I'm starting this podcast, I will get back into writing as well. So this is where I will occasionally be posting feature length articles, maybe news pieces or general opinions on anything that I find interesting. Typically it tends to, to follow the themes of this podcast. So on the socials, uh, you can follow this podcast at on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash the outbreak podcast, all one word. And we also have a Twitter account. It is at Podcast Outbreak. Thank you so much for listening. I've been, I am William Key. I've been your host for this. I hope you continue to tune in and uh, we'll see what's cooking on the next one. Have a good night, everyone.